Welcome to another edition of the Varsity Podcast. As we do each week, we come to you on Wednesday, and we are talking all things high school this week. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, but we are going to start off with high school football playoffs. Man, it is that time. The weather's cold. The games are elimination, and we are here. We've arrived, Sponge. That's it. Hey, one and done. It's time to... uh Pack it in or go on to next week. Yep. It's, it's, like I say, you just said it earlier, football weather, It's I know daylight saving time, whatever, now it gets dark, yep. so it's like nighttime, you get that good playoff atmosphere, let's get let's get rolling. It feels like it. So um, before we look ahead into playoff mode, let's uh, cover some quick ground on week 11. A few games that caught my attention that really turned out to be uh, pretty darn big in the grand scheme of things. Um, Trinity Christian lost to Tallahassee Lincoln 19-6. Atlantic Coast 28, University Christian 21, a big one there. Uh, Bishop Kenny 35, Episcopal 14. Um, Creekside 23, Ponte Vedra 19. Bowles had another game canceled against Daytona Beach Mainland. They're going to be three. Uh, God almighty, they've lost uh, to back-to-back games. They missed a week due to uh, the cancellation. Now they have a bye in the playoffs, so it's going to be uh, a long time coming for Bulls to get back on the field. Gainesville Buholtz 28, Bartram Trail 13. P.K. Young ends Keystone's quest for an undefeated season, 33-14. Blue Wave over Keystone. How about Jackson? 13-0, great season for the Tigers there in the playoffs uh, for the first time legitimately since uh, since 2010. Uh, Reigns. Canceled at Vero Beach. Vikings finished 7-2. Riverside 28, White 14 in the Battle of Westside. St. Augustine beats Palaka 35-0 in a rivalry game, but miss out on the playoffs. Pretty uh, pretty bad loss for St. Augustine a couple weeks earlier to Gainesville Beholtz. They're missing out on the playoffs for the first time since 1998. Quick thoughts on takeaways from last year, last week. Yeah, I think the big one was we just talked about a minute ago was University Christian. Yep. They, they we're in a tough game against Atlantic Coast. We knew that was Atlantic Coast has been kind of those up and down teams all year. Uh, they had some, you know, some big wins, some bad losses, this, that, and the other. UC was number one in the region. Get that loss, yeah, how they, bad? they bumped down to number three. So now they don't get that first round by, even though the team I think they're playing in the first round is is a cakewalk. But you still got to go play. Mm-hmm. You know, you risk some injuries, some you know, getting guys banged up. You got to play another week, whatever. So I think that was definitely a, a big loss for UC. You know, credit them for playing a team like Atlantic Coast, but I think they're definitely battle tested and they win the game. But it just goes where you're the one seed to the three and you got to play a game. Yeah, so that's, that, that's a tough break. That was them. a tough loss for University Christian. It, it set up perfectly last week. Trinity Christian lost to Lincoln on Thursday night. Yeah, look, so you see. They look terrible, too, yeah, by the way. I, Trinity, that, like going back on that 19 6 game, Lincoln, obviously a better team. They're a higher, or a higher classification team. They. Trinity had trouble blocking them all night. Couldn't really get passing rhythm down. Couldn't couldn't block for Hurley to throw. Just a tough game all around. Um, so another loss for Trinity. So th- yeah, three they, in a row. They, they've uh, lost, I think, what four out of their last five. Yeah. You know, so they've definitely hit a little skid here. Limping now, into the now playoffs. I think, I think the good part is you get a week to lick your wounds, and then now I was telling some buddies, you know, this week I was like, yeah, what's crazy is. Trinity's schedule is actually going to get easier yeah. than it was before. You know, you're like, how do you do that? Well, you play a powerful schedule. Mm-hmm. You play some top teams. You might lose some games down the stretch, but you're battle tested. You're ready to rock and roll. The, the, this definitely the uh, schedule of strength is weaker until you play a UC who who can bang with you. So we're looking at that game maybe three weeks from now. But I think they they obviously have a bye. I think they get the second round win. 
and then you know we'll see. We've been talking about it. UC, yeah, TC, UC so. Trinity, and it you know it's disappointing for UC because you go from as you mentioned, they could have hosted that game, have, right? yeah, yeah, hosting. Yeah, I, I was texting with Coach David Penland the third, um, yeah, before that Atlantic Coast game, and things had really aligned well for University Christian. You have a number one seed. Um, you get that first round by. You possibly get a chance to host Trinity Christian in that regional final. And then, you know, you play in very well in that first half against Atlantic Coast. And then the Stingrays, they have been kind of the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team. I think more uh, more Jekyll uh, than Hyde this yeah. year. They, they have just been uh, wrecking teams' dreams. I mean, they, they mopped the floor with Sandalwood after after coming. Uh, Sandalwood jumped out to a big lead. I think it was 21-7 in that game. And Atlantic Coast storms back, beats them 39-21. University of Christian up in the Atlantic Coast game. Atlantic Coast storms back and beats UC uh, and really hurts UC um, in my opinion, hurts UC more than it helped Atlantic Coast. I mean, Atlantic Coast is going to the playoffs, but UC gets out of a first-round bye um, and drops to a three-seed. means you got an extra week of mileage on you for a team that was, was already banged up. Um, so I think that game hurt UC uh, quite a bit more Definitely. than uh, helped Atlantic Coast. But how about Atlantic Coast? First time they legitimately qualified for the playoffs, so uh, credit to Coach Mike Montemayor. Everybody made the playoffs last year, so this was the first time the Stingrays really – um, legitimately qualified on their own accord. Same thing with Jackson. I mean, great turnaround for the Tigers. Seven and three, uh, shutout rebolt in a, the nasty cold last week. Uh, seven and three under Coach Christopher Foy. They are going to the playoffs for the first time on their own accord since 2010, since uh, Quinn Gray's one year there. Um, so pretty cool for them to do that. Um, St. Augustine, as I mentioned, 35 over Black up there out of the playoffs. And West Nassau, 41-7 over Ridgeview, and they missed the playoffs by one one hundredth of an RPI point Brutal. over uh, Gadsden County there in Region One Three A. So pretty, uh, per, excuse me, One Four A. Disappointing there. Um, but now let's jump ahead and talk a little bit of playoffs. It's kind of what we've been heading toward, heading to all season. Um, I love the that Week Eleven actually means something in high school football. Now it used to just be a complete throwaway week, but you had games last week that carried some heavy playoff meaning. Um, Ed White actually lost twice in the span of one day. They lost to Riverside 28-14 last Friday night and also had to self-report a violation yeah. um, for, for uh, using an eligible player in two games against Parker and Baker County. Um, the Baker County loss um, now changes to a forfeit, but the loss to Parker actually knocked White from a five seed to an eight seed. Um, pretty interesting there, but they're still in the playoffs. You hate to see any team miss over kind of a clerical or a, a sloppy paperwork error or something like that. So. Uh, good to see White still in the playoffs. And that uh, leads us into the playoff conversation. That is one of several rematches um, between local teams that we'll see this week. So, Sponge, let's start things off. We're going to break things down region-wise. And uh, let's start at Region 1A where we've got a couple local teams in there. Yeah, you got Bartram Trail. Uh, they're going to host Lake Brantley. They're, that's a 2-7 game. I, I like uh, Bartram in this game. You know, they've been pretty tough all season. Uh, had a tough loss last week. Buholtz is legit. I think Buholtz is really good. Um, but I think uh, Bartram, they've, they've uh, put it together here lately offensively. We talked about them having a good defense all year, kind of like, you know, where were they offensively, kind of up and down. Some games you're like, where is this offense at? It just doesn't seem like that Bartram trail offense, but I think they put it together and get the win and move on. Now I think the, the tougher game for our local team, Creekside, having to go to Apopka is going to be tough. Apopka is always good. They are always a legitimate team in the 8A. They, you know, make it to the state championships. They won a couple state championships. They've been legit, so Creekside's definitely going to have a tough out, in my opinion, going on the road to Orlando. To yeah, I, I echo those uh, those thoughts there. I think Bartram, 
um, its offense it has kind of come along um, from what we saw early in the season. Had uh, outputs of uh, 50 and 49 two of the last three weeks in the regular season. Um, I think they win against Lake Brantley. The, Lake Brantley coming up to St. John's to play the Bears. And I agree with you on Creekside, 8-2. and two, Great season for Sean McIntyre the night. You knew that they were positioned for something well this year. Again, their losses to Atlantic Coast. Um, uh, again, <laughs> throwing some uh, monkey wrenches into things. And also to Bartram on a walk-off field goal. So they have had an excellent year. The senior heavy team. Good running back. Good quarterback. Very good defensive team and uh you knew they were going to be a good season but um creekside i think has its hands full it's not rick darlington down there to popka nope. but again man you just it is tough to beat a popka anywhere especially playing at the blue darters definitely when you when you say certain high school names around the state you know they just stick out a little more like a popka you know that team whether who's that whoever mm-hmm. the coach is they're what we call a program. So if you're playing a program team in the playoffs, you know it's going to be a tough out. Yep. So Creekside's still trying to build that around, and I think they're doing a great job and obviously had you know one of the best seasons they've had in uh, history. You know, hopefully they can bring it. You know, it's play it's it's the playoffs, so nothing anything's possible. You know that you you break it down, you play good D, you get a couple breaks, you may hit a big play. You know, so. Uh, the playoff times, funny things happen. So I would love, I'd love to see all of our area teams, yeah. you know, have some magic and, and, and get on a roll and get some wins. So, you know, maybe we can see that rematch of Bartram and Creekside. That but. would be cool. Um, in the topper top half of one eight A is the uh, reigning state champ Sanford yes, Seminole. Seminole so legit. Bartram and Creekside would avoid a potential Seminole match until the regional finals. So uh, that is a tough match. I saw Seminole a couple times last year during its state playoff run and. Uh, they were as advertised last year, so Seminole trying to go back-to-back, and they're the number one seed in Region 1-8-A. Okay, Region 1-7-A sponge, the most uh, representation, I think, from one district as we've as we've had. Um, great uh, great collection of local teams here. Um, what are your thoughts here going 1-4 one to, uh, one to four in this region? Yeah, this is another tough, tough out, I think, for our boys here locally. Uh, there's some tough ta- uh, tasks, obviously, uh, Buholtz, like I just said, they've been playing hot. They've been they beat Bowles and Bartram in the last two or three weeks. Uh, so they look like a tough out. So Fleming Fleming definitely got their hands full in that game. Uh, the Fletcher boys C four has got uh, University out of Orlando. That's going to be a tough matchup. But that's kind of a if if I don't you, what Fletcher team are you going to get? Yeah, you know are they going to bring their defensive hard hat and play really good D and then just get enough on offense? You, you just don't know. So yeah. like that that one's like you hope Fletcher does. Play their, you know, full capability of a game where they can, you know, put all compliments together. What do you think is the true Fletcher team? I, that, that's what's. It's still hard to get the identity of them because they, they. I think it's definitely rests on their defense. They played good D, but offensively, you know, they've just been up and down, not scoring a lot of points, just scrapping by. Which is, hey, get a win and get a win, you mm-hmm. know. But I still think. They still don't really put a, a high-powering offense out there to where it, it, it could hurt you, you know. So if you're relying so much on the D, your margin for error on offense is tough. So I don't know how good University is because I was looking at I was looking at the Orlando regions and who's played who and who's played you know whatever because going on down Spruce Creek is the two seed and that's who uh, that's who Nice gets. They beat University thirty-five to nothing. So you're like. Is Spruce Creek really that good? Is University not that good? You know, you, you just when you don't see some of those teams, you, you kind of like you're trying to get a gauge on who they played and how, how the game went or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so I think University and Fletcher is definitely maybe a more comparable game. So flip. So that that game's a toss up. But hopefully, hopefully Fletcher brings it and they play good D and they, you know they can play in the game. 
Um, I think definitely uh, Nice is going to have their hands full of Spruce Creek, Spruce Creek, because they look like they've had a pretty good offensive mm-hmm. uh, team all year, and they've only, I think they're eight and two. I think they've only lost two ball games. I think did, didn't they play uh, mm-hmm. Parker and Sandalwood in like a little jamboree style kickoff classic? Who's I mean, that? Spruce Creek? Yeah, I believe so. And they so, did play Mandarin, I believe, and beat Mandarin in a 15-14 Yeah, game. it was a very tight game. So, so, like, again, it's the playoffs. We've we've talked about Nice all year. They hang their hat on, on you know, Stokes. Marcus, is you know, can he be big in the passing game? Can Dom Henry get up and down the field? Can they run the ball? Can they create some stuff offensively to give Spruce Creek, a, you know, a shootout game? You know, who knows? That, yeah. But, I, you know, you got to lean towards Spruce Creek just because they've been more dominating, I think, overall. And then – we talked about Atlantic Coast. They're going on the road. In my opinion, maybe the toughest game, really. Niceville as a three seed on the road, that's a tough game. Yeah. Going out to the Panhandle, that's a long bus ride. Niceville, like I just said about Apopka, they're a program. They're constantly in the playoffs. They're always in the you know the Final Four state championship games. Like They're a legit team, so that's going to be a tough game for Coach Mike and them boys to go out to the Panhandle. I'm rooting for all these guys, but like I say, this is it. This 7A bracket is tough. Yeah, it's tough. And, yeah, all these teams are from the same district, which is yeah. just, just crazy to show um, – or the same uh, couple districts. Um, Atlantic Coast, just a, a good team, has been – you know, kind of made its statement last year in the playoffs when um, it came out and absolutely throttled Fletcher in the opener, and we did not see that coming. So um, it won, a, went, uh, won two playoff games last year. Um, obviously last year was a little bit different uh, playoff schematic, but uh, in Nice, a one-win team a year ago, and great turnaround by Colin Drafts and company totally. there. Marcus Stokes, we've talked about him on the podcast quite a bit this season. Dom Henry got a chance to see those guys last Thursday night, and, um, man, I think Marcus Stokes, the sky is the limit for him next year. Fletcher, I think I, I agree with you. What team are we going to see from Fletcher? They lost to Mariner last week, 26-20. They got thumped by Pontevedra the week before that. Um, and Fletcher, so fortunate to have won this district. Otherwise, they would not be anywhere yeah, near the playoffs. Yeah, if that, RPI if that, was, if was that terrible. Nice game would have went differently, that might have bounced them out of there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, they Fletcher that was a huge win in that one point game. You know, a couple weeks ago, but that definitely was a, a huge win for them to mm-hmm. get to get in here. Yeah, and Gainesville View holds. I agree. I mean, they've they have been a thorn in the side of area teams for quite some time. Used to yeah. be a district team with uh, the likes of Creekside, and they have just been a very consistent team this year. I remember seeing them play against uh, Oak Leaf a few years ago and um, just always just year after year they have been such a good team. Uh, Trent Whittemore or excuse me Mark Whittemore does a great job down there with the Bobcats so uh, I think 17A is going to be a tough act for our local teams. Region 16A um, not a lot of local representation here but one very good the, rematch. The, the rematch, baby. The rematch. Yeah, yeah I know I know OJ and Riverside is chomping at the bit when this one got uh scheduled, you know, for the in the bracket. They had the major collapse at home, you know, uh, several weeks ago that they were up big, mm-hmm. blew the fourth quarter. Give credit to Columbia for winning that game, but I like Riverside in this one cuz mm-hmm. I, I you know they they they've got what's they know it's what's on the line, you know, they know what they didn't do in that game. So I think they finished the deal. They've they've kind of closed the season strong here against some good quality teams, beating Trinity, Ed White, you know, getting, winning some games. So I definitely – I like Riverside in this one, but definitely a nice rematch. Yeah, I like oh, the these, rematch. These, these guys play every – it seems like they're playing every year in the every playoffs. Every year in the playoffs. And, you know, it usually follows a, a classic regular season game or a wild regular season game by these two. Uh, Columbia ended the season really kind of limping to the finish line. 
don't have a lot of confidence that their offense can have that same yeah. success. It's just the, the the regular season game between these teams was so so awkward. It rained. Yeah, you don't want to say the week flute, before. But it was kind of freakish. It was yeah. you know your Riverside's up twenty six seven in the fourth quarter of that game and wind up losing twenty eight twenty six. I mean that does not happen yeah. too often. I think Riverside still carry a little chip on its shoulder from that game. Um, number five seed in the region. So I think they. I will say. I will say too. Now looking forward. Now it. They they look like they have to travel. Yeah. Riverside because I think Pine Forest probably beats Rickards, so they'd have to go out and play a pretty yep, good Pensacola, Pensacola Pine Forest, mm-hmm. and then even further down the bracket, Mosley and Lincoln, you know, linger. So I th- if if they get past Columbia, obviously, and you know, Pine Forest, it's always a tough. It's always tough for our guys to go out west, mm-hmm. man. So you know, just looking forward, they got that. They got their hands full if they get yep. past Columbia, for sure. And I think they get past Columbia, and I think um, we could see that Pine Forest match in the second round. Um, Riverside would only host if, um, you know, possibly a regional final with, if it was like Tallahassee a Gulf Lincoln. Breeze or yeah. a Lincoln. So yeah. they could possibly host a third-round game, but the first two, um, should they win Friday night, will come on the road for the Generals. I still like their chances. I think they're a more well-rounded team uh, than Columbia. They've been a little bit more consistent. They have two quarterbacks um, who do, uh, yeah, capable, do well, Carol Zara and Daniel Plummer for Plummer, uh, Riverside. Plummer definitely started throwing it a lot better as yep. down the stretch. So they've they've kind of implemented, you know, a little bit of balance with, you know, Plummer's been able to throw the ball down the field. Kale comes in and can kind of run that RPO game. Al Gibson's been a good guy running the ball for him. Yeah, what a good year defense. for him. So, he yeah, is, like, he like, like I say, looking at Lee or Riverside, excuse me, they, uh, like I said, they're, they're, they're a complete team. So hopefully they can put it together here and go on a little run. Yep. So we're into the 5A portion, uh, Region 1 5A, Baker County versus White. Nice rematch there. Reigns versus Parker, Wakula versus Bishop Kenny. What are your thoughts on Region 1 5A? Like we talked about before, we're glad Ed White got in this thing mm-hmm. after after their little slip up. You know, the, you wanted to see them in the playoffs because they've had a good year. They've had a good, strong year. You know, we talked about the game several weeks ago when they played Baker, uh, when Ed White went out to Baker County. So I think uh, rematch wise, it's always tough to beat a team twice. I'll still probably lean with Baker County just because I think they're the better overall team balance-wise and all that stuff. We, we talk about Ed White. Christian Ellis has been a monster for them, been a beast. Uh, they've been running the ball well. It's just can they get some kind of game, passing game going? I don't have, think so. And, that, and that's the tough part. Yeah. You know, when you can key in, I know I know Devon Patterson's. Uh, he's he's also come in and started to run the ball a little bit. So they've got, they've got a nice little two-headed monster running the ball. But, again, when you want to be balanced, when a team's going to load up and just say, hey, we're not going to let Ellis beat you, we're not going to let Patterson beat us. And it usually works out it, it in does. favor and, of the and, other and team. And it, make, it makes it a tough night. So then on the flip side, then it puts pressure on your D. You know, can you stop Baker County? So I, I like Baker in the game, but, you know, I think Ed White maybe could pull the upset. They got they, they've, they seem to be some magical guys, too. Mm-hmm. They've had a couple games where they look like they were dead, done for broke, and somehow got the win. So I like that rematch. Uh, we've got another rematch, Reigns, yep. Reigns and Terry Parker. Um, yep. I, just looking at it, you know, we talked about Parker all year having a really good D. Where was the offense coming? How was the offense coming? Were they scoring enough points? Was it nine to seven the first time around? Reigns won thirteen to nine. Thirteen Reigns. to nine. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a you know brutal defensive slugfest. See, I think Reigns is on the trend upward. Mm-hmm. I think they're they got some guys back healthy. They had a week off, obviously, from Vero Beach uh, not coming up. Um, so I think I, th- I like Reigns in this game just because I think uh, I think they're trending upward and I think they've got a, a lot more explosive offensive players and I think they can score some you know points and I think they win that one. 
and then the other game is uh, Wakulla and, and uh, Baker, or Bishop Kenny. Bishop Kenny's one of those teams, too. It's yeah. been kind of like they've been good, and then they've kind of struggled in some games. You know, Wakulla's, uh, you know, another one of those Tallahassee-based teams. They're, they're always a tough out. They always play good D. They run a funky offense. But, you know, having to go out to Tallahassee's mm-hmm. area, that's a tough – Tough game again. Bishop so. Kenny it has been, again, a program like Nice. If you look at Bishop Kenny, they're 7-2 and two this year. They didn't have a they, – they lost a game at West Nassau. We had a uh, an incident in that Callahan area right. where there was a, yeah. a murder suspect yeah. and they, they could not um, play, that play that game, Couldn't didn't want to play the Saturday. So uh, they lost out on a game there. But 7-2, and two, um, you know, they lost a bit to Baker County big. The first half of that game was a runaway, and then mm-hmm. Bishop Kenny really um, closed the door in that second half. And they – they lost a game to White in which uh, they were really playing well. Yeah, so they've a, not that was, been – That was a wild finish in that one. Yeah, they've not overtime, really been – yeah. um, I mean, other than the first half of that Baker County game, they have not played much bad football this season. Tim, and that's a credit to Tim Krause and, and company. They're very similar to what Nice has done. Bishop Kenny was, uh, was not a good football team last year, didn't see the wins come. I believe one win last year, just not a good season. And here you go, your number six seed – in the region and seven and two, and I don't look at this game and say, "Man, Bishop Kenny is going to get walloped in this game." I do think it'll be a competitive game, right? Um, but it, it, road trips are tough. But I, this a far different Bishop Kenny team. I like uh, the Baylor Newsom kid had an excellent uh, a season monster. finale He's against monster, Episcopal man. and Bishop Kenny. It seems like when they've had to perform, uh, they knew they had to win that Episcopal game. They won big in that game, and they've just been a good scrappy bunch of shit. It's not a John Walford kind of offense team. Yeah. Um, this is a hard-nosed defense, a very good, uh, consistent offense, and I, I would not be surprised to see an upset out there. The Range Parker game, I'm with you. I think the the, the offense for Parker is just too, um, you know, too risky to um, put a lot of faith into crunch time wise. Uh, and I think Rain is more of an ascending team um, at this point in the year. And the Baker County White game, uh, good matchup, 36-16, and went the Wildcats way the first time when they played. And like you said, I think it's tough when you're such a one-dimensional team like Ed White. Granted, you've got a good back in Christian Ellis. He's, he's one of the better ones in the area. Uh, just, But I think when you get in the playoffs, you're going to have to be able to have a little bit more of a balanced offense. Yep. And um, you know, I, I remember talking to Joey Wiles back at St. Augustine in 2005, when St. Augustine won a state championship. And uh, two years earlier, they had played for a state championship against Rockledge. And they were so, I'm sorry, three years earlier, four years earlier, uh, they played in a state championship against Rockledge. And they were so one-dimensional, they, they pinned everything on Willie Cooper. He was kind of their uh, running, somewhat passing quarterback, but everything was based on the run. And that's all you did. St. Augustine maybe passed for three or 400 yards that year um, as a team. And he said, we looked at our offense as a whole and said, we have got to incorporate a vertical element to this game because we were so one-dimensional. Well, and once you get to that postseason, it, everybody it, is based it, on best, stopping the run. The best thing I can uh, compare that to is kind of back when my when I was playing, Ed White was that team that ran the ball like a monster. They were a machine. You know, Vanessa Gooch, my boy T. Felder, uh, all those guys, they ran that wing team mm-hmm. with Coach Dish. And yeah, it was they, exceptional. They, it, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, they, and they freaking blasted everybody all the all all throughout the season. Yep, you get to maybe and, yeah, and maybe the, get to that twelfth game. Yeah, you get and, to that third round game, and all of a sudden, like that team's like, hey, we're pretty smart. We got mm-hmm. a great defensive scheme. We're about to shut this run game down. And when you can't create something down the field with your okay play action, bootlegs, waggles, and all that to the tight ends, that wasn't working anymore. Yeah, and you, you know, get Simeone, those type yep. of teams. 
blasted you. Yeah, and you're it, out of there, and it was just like, man, it was like that was a good, that was a good team. Kind of yeah. like uh, go back to that '98. Was it the Ed White Reigns? Mm-hmm. You know, that was a banger of a game. But guess what, Reigns, they were they were multifaceted. Mm-hmm. They could throw it down the field. They could run it. Played great D and. Guess what happened? Reigns wins. Yeah, and I think that's when you look at good teams like the Ed White teams you mentioned and even more recent Ed White teams like when uh, Jay Davis was toting the ball and Taylor Thomas and Casey Turner. Casey Turner. Those guys, they they had a major, major run game always. Ed White has always been known for having some backs and having a good running game, but never have you ever said in a sentence – Ed White is thrown for, yeah. you know. Like, and they, you know, they have a, con- you know, and a it's history not, it's, of. And it's not like, okay, you're a bad coach because you're not scheming. Like, you know, it's somehow can you create, you do what you do best for sure, mm-hmm. and you lean on what your best, you know, asset is. But sometimes you got to, put it this way, in all in all walks of football, balance is key. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you, if you can find some balance, you got to keep the defense on, on their heels. Yeah. You, know, you can't, like, if a team can just say, like, I don't respect your passing game at all. We're about to load this box, and we're going to shut you down. And if you can throw it, then I'll shake your hand yeah. at the end of the game and say congratulations. Yeah, and that's, you know, <laughs> talking to Joey Wiles years ago, and he said we won a state championship in 05 to cap it a 15-0 season, not because we ran the ball better than anybody, not because we played defense better. We ran the – but we, we won it because we became a balanced team, and we yeah. learned from our mistakes in the past. And I think um, when you're talking about one-dimensional teams, you can get through that. I mean, you look at Yuli and Derrick Henry, yep. for instance. I mean, the best running back probably in the history of high school football, and their longest run was a state semifinal game against yep. Bulls because yep. you can you can have that exceptional player, but if you can't you know, wrinkle in a little bit of play action where the defense has to respect you, I think that's – a trouble thing again you know look no further than Derrick Henry and that 2012 Yuli team I mean again you knew he was getting the ball mm-hmm. you weren't passing um, but when you're one-dimensional in the playoffs you've got a little bit of time I think you know first two rounds yeah. but once you get to that third round that's uh, that's a separation round and I For think sure. a team like a Baker County or White who you know who are so run heavy um, with only you know very little yes yeah, even threat. Look, even looking forward in that who wins that game because I North Marion's always a good team. West Florida, they're out of the they're out of the panhandle out there too. So I don't know who wins that one, but so that'll be a tough game for either one, I mm-hmm. think, in my opinion. So I, I like Reigns. I like Reigns getting to that game. So, you know, who's it gonna be? Baker County, Ed mm-hmm. White, or, you know, even North Marion or, or West Florida. So yep. I, I think I think Reigns has a good shot to make a little run here, which could be nice. So I but, agree. But I, I like I say, who knows when there's such a, you know, evenly matched game it's really comes to the playoff gods you know what what ball bounces your way or Mm -hmm. what break do you get what big play do you get you know that type of thing so you just got to play it out and see what happens that's right so (laughs) i promise it's not gonna be all high school football playoff talk today (laughs) um but uh so give us a little bit of time we're halfway through the brackets i do have uh quite a few other sports and uh championships to wrap up so we will get to those at the uh, the tail end of the podcast we're getting the condensed version down we know who's (laughs) these these lower brackets there's not only a handful of teams yeah so So, okay we're going uh, region 14a now not um not a total surprise to, to see a couple of these teams in here, but maybe the third one. Uh, Bowles is on a bye here in Region 14A. Jackson hosting uh, Gadsden County. Pretty cool uh, backstory there. And Baldwin hosting Mariana. Which, uh, what are your thoughts here on these three games? Well, obviously, Bowles sitting there. Everybody's waiting on them. I think I love the we, – we've been talking about Jackson all year. We love what Coach Foy's done over there. I'm super glad they're in the playoffs. I'm glad they're going to hopefully beat the team that got in with yeah. them over the coin flip game. So, hopefully, they smash them. 
I like them to win that game, but then it's just like, man, look who you got waiting yeah. for. You got to go to play bowls. So. Yeah, but it's such a it's such a cool story yeah. though, um, with Jackson and what they've done. If you've been a football fan in this area for for any amount of time, you remember when Kevin Sullivan Sullivan was there. You remember Leon Washington winning Mister Football. Mm-hmm. Um, some great teams there off of Main Street, and then it was you know, Coach Sullivan stepped down and and went to work on the program at Atlantic Coast. Uh, Quinn Gray came in there, had a five and six playoff season in twenty. 10. He stepped down really to, to, at the time, there was some uncertainty about if high school sports in Duval County were even going to continue uh, due to some budget constraints. And um, that, uh, that, was, that was a crazy time. So Quinn Gray stepped down. And since then, 2011 onward, it had been just a turnstile of coaches coming through there. Not a lot of success. And I mean, winless seasons, one win seasons, um, just a, a, a bottom, really bottom of the barrel team in the area, he knew nothing was going to happen success-wise for Jackson on the football field. Coach Foy gets there, um, a guy who is very well-known in the area in youth football and, and middle school football. Yep. And, you know, last year, his first year, you start in the middle of a pandemic, you end up 4-5, and five, um, and then this year you have uh, such tragedy at the beginning of the season, you lose your offensive coordinator, Donald Rocker, to, um, uh, to death, natural causes. Lynn J. Shell, very popular guy, uh, former arena football player, former JU star, former interim coach at Rebalt. Uh, he was an assistant coach at Jackson. He died unexpectedly. Just tragic news there. And then you throw in the fact that Jackson became a magnet school um, in the, over the last few years, and just not a lot of things moving in the positive direction of Jackson, but Coach uh, Christopher Foy and his staff held that program together, get him to a 7-3 and three season. And, you know, as you mentioned, you know, last time Jackson legitimately thought it qualified for the playoffs. Remember last year everybody got in. 2018, they thought they had done it. They were so pumped up to, at the regular season finale. Come to find out, they had tied in the uh, the rankings points to Gadsden County, a winless Gadsden mm-hmm. County, no less. Gadsden County was 0-10. Jackson um, Jackson had to have a coin flip against Gadsden oh, County oh. To, to break the tie and uh, lost the coin flip. So you, you win uh, four games and you lo- think you make the playoffs, you miss the playoffs yeah, by a coin that was, flip. That was brutal, man. Uh, a coin that, that flip. Is, that is not – let's go play the Kansas City tiebreaker or something. Put me on the 10-yard yeah. line. Let's see what... So Jackson gets a chance. I had different coaching staff. You know, none of the players are here during that time. But um, a different coaching staff and – uh, but you get a chance to play Gadsden at home. This is kind of, uh, you know, the 2018 game, if there was one, the mm-hmm. Kansas City tiebreaker. So awesome job by Jacks. They've been kind of one of our surprise teams uh, this season. We've talked about them from uh, from before the season onward. Thought big things are in store. I like their quarterback, Jalen Sonnier. He's a good guy, nimble out of the pocket. Uh, Grayson Howard, He's he is just a lights-out uh, kind of an edge guy there at Jackson. I, he even carries the ball some. Um, and I just I like Jackson. I've seen him three times this year. Impressed with their um, big receivers. They have some good DBs. They run the ball fairly well. I'm pumped for Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Grayson might be one of the best. In my opinion, he might be the best defensive player, like in our area. If you're gonna like go on total defensive player, obviously Slim, Jaheim Singletary at Lee or Riverside. You know he's known for his five star uh, cornerback, DB safety. You know capabilities. But all together, talk about a linebacker, edge player, just a great defensive player. Grayson Howard is that dude. He's, yeah, he he's, is. he's about to be one of the highly recruited guys next year for sure. I yeah. mean, he already is, but he's about to really blow up next year. Yeah, and I, I've seen him for a couple years now, and he is he's a polite, oh, soft spoken oh, guy. Awesome kid. Awesome and, kid. you know, very well uh, versed and respectful and um, 
knows he has a special talent, and it's cool to see him doing it at Jackson, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think of high-profile recruits. Yeah, he could be at Reigns or not, Trinity or Riverside or somewhere else. Yeah, you're not sure. identifying Jackson yeah. as one of those mm-hmm. schools, but I think what, uh, what Grayson you know, has done by staying there and having the season that he's had, um, really kind of unlocking the doors that you don't, hey, you don't have to go to a, a Riverside or Trinity or White or um, a St. Augustine or Bartram to be that mm-hmm. kind of special player and draw that attention. So I think he is one of those players, really the first since, I mean, Kevin Sullivan era yeah. at Jackson to, to say, man, this is, um, yeah, I can stay in, and have some football prowess here. So a really cool story at Jackson this year. Props to, to Coach Christopher Foy and those guys. Um, the last one there, Baldwin, Mariana. And um, I still think Baldwin probably the yeah, favorite in this I think, game. I don't know anything about Mariana this year, so I'd probably take Baldwin, and then, you know, then they have to play the one. Region so. 2 a um, Keystone, our local team there, their three seed. Tripped up in that 10-0 uh, push last week in the regular season finale. Um, but, you know, again, it, what I want to touch on with them is you got to – if you want a higher seed than a three seed, I think you've got to schedule a little bit more uh, more challenging That's than, than you about. did. We talked about um, that. And you see that again with uh, Union County and Region uh, 3-1A, too. You're, you're 10-0 and and you only earn a three seed. So I think, um, you know, over a, like a Hilliard or something like that at number two, um, I, I think you've got to schedule a little bit tougher, and that should probably be um, the moral of the story. Uh, when you don't have district games, I think, which is exactly what hurt St. Augustine this year, yeah. um, when you're playing in a, in a weaker district, you're not going to get that push. Got to schedule tough. They did. They played Bowles, Bartram Trail, uh, those types of guys for their non-district games. Um, you get you get snake bitten there in the draw, and, and you miss the playoffs. Um, Region 1-3A. Not a lot of uh, local flavor here. Uh, Crescent City versus Gainesville, P.K. Young. Florida High hosting Episcopal. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I I saw Florida High obviously beat Trinity, and they put it on Trinity that night. So Episcopal is going to have a tough one there going on the road out to Tallahassee. So, again, our local guys going out to the Panhandle in Tallahassee West, they're going to have a tough game. Yeah, now always a tough game for, you know, that Tallahassee and onward. Um, Episcopal, good season for them under Mark as well, six and four, but a tough game against Florida High. Florida High may uh, play for a state championship this year. So, uh, Region 2A, we've kind of beaten the drum on this one quite mm-hmm. some time. Uh, Trinity Christian gets a bye. University Christian drops from that number one seed in region uh, to three, and they have Rocky Bayou Christian this week. Uh, I'm with you. I think UC wins this game. Uh, sleepwalking, yeah. uh, probably a 42 14 kind of game, something like that. You know, I don't even. I don't think you got to talk about the early yeah. rounds here. I think Trinity and UC yeah. have been on that collision course to meet in the regional final all season. It was really just where they were going to play the game at. Exactly. We now know that Trinity Christian. Yeah. So, um, I think that that region is pretty uh, pretty easy pickings there. And then we get to um, to the one A teams. Great season for Hilliard. Uh, they have an opening round bye in Region Three One A. Probably going to play Union County in that second round. That'd be a nice little matchup that'll be, there. That'll be, that'll be nice again. And uh, Union County opens up with Trenton. Um, I think Tigers are 10-0. and 0. Um, Expect them to have a little bit higher RPI in, in the seed than a three seed if you're 10-0. But, again, I think it goes back to the scheduling. Um, you got to fatten up that schedule if you, uh, if you want a higher RPI. But uh, and in Region 1-4A, we've got Bradford versus Newberry. Bradford's always a tough team. Uh, that's a, a challenging game there. What are your quick thoughts on uh, on Class 1A? Class 1A, you basically you summed it up pretty good. I think UC – being ten and zero, they had or Union County. I call them UC too. Union County had a really good season going ten and zero, but they kind of scheduled light, so it kind of maybe helped them get that ten and zero. But if they would have maybe scheduled a couple more powerhouses and maybe gone eight and two, yeah, they could. But I mean, it's give or take. So you, you got to play that game against Trenton. 
But I do think that Hilliard Union County game in the second round, if it pans out, could be a nice little matchup. Uh, yeah, th- other than that, I think you summed it up pretty well for 1A. Okay, well now we're going to do a broad overview. So quick thoughts. We've got um, we have like 25 teams qualify uh, for the playoffs Florida-wise. In our region, we had six from Georgia. Um, we, we can mention them in passing. So Brunswick was 10-0. They qualified for the playoffs. Glen Academy, 4-5-1. and one. They're both those teams going in Class 6A. Camden County, a four seed in Class 7A. Tough season, tough finish for them. They play in a brutal region. Yeah, Ware County, 8-1. and one. They are going in 5A. And Pierce County, 8-2. and two. They are going in 3A. Charlton County, always in the playoffs. They're a four seed in the Class 1A public division. But Florida-wise, we had 25 teams punch tickets to the playoffs. What are your thoughts on how many see their way through to the second round? Well, obviously we have a lot of kind of uh, local matchups, so you know somebody's going to go on. You know, so they're split there. But it, and then a few teams obviously have buys. You know, like Bowles and Trinity. Um, but I think the field gets cut in half. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be you know from twenty-five to twelve type deal. Hopefully, hopefully the teams who are playing non-area teams like your rematch games, like your Reigns Parker type deal. Can get some upsets. You yeah, know? I would love to see. Obviously, all of our teams, you know, shake something up, make something happen, make it fun, and you know, go on a run. But all in all, when you when you got some of these tough places to play, some of these programs we talked about, you got to go on the road and play. It's going to be difficult. But I think, yeah, I think that field gets cut in half by next week. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm with you there too. I'll uh, unveil my 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 picks on Thursday, but um, just looking at the bracket, I've scratched some notes on them. I think we get 13 teams through to the second round. So just about with about, you on about on, right. uh, on half. You know, and a few of those teams are on buys, so they, they go through automatically. But I think 7A is probably going to be hit the hardest. Yeah, I think definitely. Our, we talked about that early in the podcast. I think 7A definitely has the toughest road to hoe. Mm-hmm. They've got, you know, some of those road games and some of the programs they're playing in that class is, is going to be tough for sure. Yeah, it's, I think 7A, <laughs> we have such good representation there, but I think a lot of it um, probably uh, – Probably didn't make it past round one. It's just yeah. such a tough, tough thing. But it shows the depth of, of that uh, that district, um, that area district in 7A. But, man, we have a tough go of it um, in that first round of the playoffs. Man, just looking at that, that's a tough tough one for our area teams. When we, yeah, when you see Buholtz 1 and Spruce Creek 2 and Nice, nice field three. That, that right there is all you need to say. Yeah, that is – oh, man, that is so tough. Now, and we told you a little bit more than football. We Just such a collision of seasons here with everything going on. State swimming championships were last week, and man, what who, who won? <laughs> yeah, surprising. <laughs> it was uh, the Bulls boys and girls winning Class One A. Um, just another dominant showing. If you don't know area swimming, I mean, you, you've got to know the name Bulls. Um, Bulls boys won their thirty-fourth straight consecutive state championship. That's a national record. Uh, the girls of Bulls won their thirty-first straight title. Thirteen individual or uh, relay team state championships in Class 2A and 1A. Um, a couple of these I want to mention. Andre DuPont, he was our player of the year, swimmer of the year last year. He won the 100 and 200 free, swam the league leg of the 200 free relay, te- relay team state championship. Uh, Bulls teammate Miguel Rojas Newman also doubled that day, the 50 and 50 free and 100 fly champ, and he also won a relay gold on that 200 medley relay team. want to uh, shout out to all the state championships. The Bulls Girls won the 200 medley relay and the 200 free relay. Um, the 200 free individual event, Megan McGrath, state champ from Bowles. 100 free Manita Fresh, Sath Ian Chakwison, <laughs> state championship in the 100 free. 
um, in diving in Class 2A for the girls, Riley Darkich from Stanton, state champ. On the boys' side, I mentioned Andre DuPont Cabrera. He was a double state champ, 200 and 100 free. Miguel Rojas Newman, 50 free and 100 fly. William Heck of Bowles, 100 breast state champ, and three relay state championships for the Bulldogs. Pretty darn good there. And by the way, how about Bishop Kinney? They won the boys' state overall team championship. Great job there for the Crusaders. Not an individual state champion among them, but, man, their depth was very good there. Led them to a 2A state championship. So great job for our local swimmers. In volleyball, we had four teams make the regional final uh, last weekend. The only one to survive was Ponte Vedra. I was at that match. Just a fantastic match against Tallahassee Leon. They went 3-2. to two. Um, Classic game was the number the second game there. Ponavidra had match face match point or excuse me game point three different times. They come back and win that one 33-31. Not a match you see too often. Ponavidra ranked number two in the country in Tallahassee. Leon eighth, and that match certainly lived up to the billing. There we had um, three other teams in regional finals. Bishop Kenny girls fell against Santa Fe. Harvest lost to Oak Hall three to one, and Lynn Haven Mosley ended the best season in Ridgeview volleyball history. Three to one there. So we've got one team in the state uh, semifinals this week. Pontevedra will host Vieira, trying to do something that no area team has even come close to doing. That's when a three state championships in a row. The Sharks back to back championships, something that no other team area wise has done. So Robin Minery and company chasing history there. I think they win a state championship. Regional final was their most difficult matchup of the season, and they navigated that one. Really shows the uh, – it it having been at that match, it was just an excellent high school volleyball match to be at. Great thrill and environment for fans there. we got cross-country state championships coming up on Friday morning this year, which is unusual. I think it's the first time it's ever been run on a Friday. Remember last year – it was run on a Sunday morning just due to, to the pandemic. Uh, that's out at Appalachie Park in Tallahassee. And, man, we have got some excellent cross-country runners. Reinhardt Harrison, the niece phenom, going for another state championship. He's a region champ. And 1-3A, the Fleming Island boys won. And 1-3A, the Fleming Island – or, excuse me, the Pontevedra girls won. Sophia Bushkel from Pontevedra, freshman there, won the overall region championship. Nice one there. Bowls girls Man, again, another Bulls team dominant, Jillian Candelino. Um, and they, I think they're going to win a state championship this week. Just a not, uh, just a not. If you don't know anything about the girls, Bulls girls cross country team, you have to know. I mean, Tony Ryan and company just have it uh, down to a science there. Uh, the Region 1 2A boys, man, how about the Bulls boys? They win the Region 1 2A championship and take the top eight spots in the region. Aiden Ryan, 1543.2 to win that one. William Brady was second in 1605. So just the, the Bulls swimming teams every year, the Bulls cross-country teams every year, uh, just just beat, I mean, just like clockwork, those guys mm-hmm. continue to march on. So the guys and girls there, state championship favorites in that one. And the Region 1A boys, Matthew Stratton, of St. John's Country Day wins the region title in 1505. He is a state championship contender as well. I think he is committed to Florida, so pretty good dominance there in cross country, in volleyball, in swimming. I know, by the way, we have state golf championships this week too, and swimming continues with the 3A and 4A state championships in Stewart. Man, a lot of stuff going on, Sponge, yeah, at this time you. of year. Um, 
you're a high school fan, you love consuming that news and watching the games and seeing things, uh, seeing things go well for those local teams, um, got to enjoy this time of the year. Yeah, more than anything. I, was, I was definitely following your tweets actually for the Ponte Vedra uh, volleyball match against Leon. It was man. It, it, it was, seemed it, like. It seemed like a wild environment, a wild match. It was, uh, it was back and forth. And it was, you know, not too often you see two nationally ranked top ten teams in a match like that. And and credit to um, the Sharks. I mean, they were on the verge of of getting swept in that match. They lose the first game 25-23. Uh, they win the second one 33-31, but could have easily lost that one. They lose this, the third one 25-20, and then they come back and win the, the next two. So yeah. uh, a lot of resilience there and um, just the best volleyball program, I think, that you're ever going to see area history-wise, they are just on another path. And, and credit to Coach Mentory and company for winning that when they played a tough schedule, had an unbelievable unbeaten streak for a, for a year and a half, uh, just a fantastic program over there. And I think they are state championship bound for the third consecutive season. So a lot of high school sports to cover. Uh, you can subscribe to our varsity newsletter as well if, uh, if you uh, like to read your news instead of listen to it. Uh, but Sponge and I will be back next week recapping the first round of the high school football playoffs as well as the other state championships going on in the area, volleyball, cross-country, swimming. We've got a lot as the seasons collide, fall moves into winter, mm-hmm. and, man, what a time to be in the area. Yeah. A lot of stuff to report on. For Sponge Franklin, Justin Barney saying goodbye. Thanks for joining us on the Podcast.